Would you please pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorified in your sight, for you, O God, are our rock. You, O God, are our redeemer. Amen. So I have a distinct memory from childhood of going into gift shops when we went to a museum or maybe when my family was on vacation and my eyes would grow saucer wide at the treasures that lay before me, magical snow globes, beautiful wind chimes singing in the breeze, dainty teacups, artfully painted mugs and candles that smelled like fall or freshly baked pies, those pretty and precious things, the awe and wonder that they held. And I also remember upon entering any gift shop or really anywhere where precious things existed, I would immediately feel a tug on my hand or a hand on the back of my collar. I was always in a frenzy of motion as a child, bouncing from place to place, wanting to examine this or experience that. Investigating, I was captivated by all that the world had to offer, things to see and smell and taste and touch. My exuberance often led to absent-mindedness, where my body ended and the material things around me began just seemed to escape my notice. Let's just say that bookshelves have been bumped, cases knocked over, and the tinkling of glass sounding was a familiar one in my childhood. Funnily, this is still true for me. I remember the first week of my sabbatical several years ago, languidly walking the aisles of Target as only someone with an abundance of time can. When immediately to my right, a vase was bumped by yours truly and it went tumbling to the ground where it shattered. And like that child, all those years ago, I became wide-eyed like a deer, frozen in the headlights, only to look around and see our church member, Tom Pulver, looking at me from several aisles away. <laughs> I felt like I'd been caught in some illicit act. Tom bolted down his aisle after we made eye contact, leaving me to my guilt. And I found an employee to confess my error who told me to forget it and began to sweep up the pieces. Now, this way of approaching life has not only caused me to break some physical things. Don't ask my mom about that beautifully painted Chinese teapot or the silver hand mirror that was from her great-grandmother. But in larger ways, my headstrong obliviousness, sometimes stubbornness, and often carelessness of my actions have caused real hurt and harm. I've gone charging into situations thinking that I know what's best, only to find out that I've gotten things very wrong. Maybe I've made judgments that are not only unfounded, but unkind. Maybe I've focused on the unimportant things. I have been like the Pharisees, pointing fingers, calling out, and criticizing. 
what they're doing isn't right, it isn't enough. And here in this scripture, I hear Jesus too setting me straight. It is not those external things. Nothing outside a person is going to defile, but it is the things inward. And here Jesus is specific, but not exhaustive in his list. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these things come from within, he says, and they defile a person. Is it a little hot in here this morning, or is it just me? Honestly, when we, when we read through this list, some things might ring true for us, and others hollow. We might even find ourselves making a hierarchy. Well, I, don't, I haven't done that thing. I, I might be susceptible to slander, or maybe a bit of envy and pride, and God knows who hasn't been a fool every now and then. But it's important to note that Jesus doesn't make a hierarchy here. I wonder if making this list, Jesus was specifically inviting the Pharisees to look at themselves. He was notorious for calling people out after all. I don't know if that's true, but but I think these things are named for the ways that they not only can affect harm on others, people other than ourselves, but because of the ways that they can change us. The ways that our actions and even our internal attitudes can rob us of love and light that is promised to us by God. The ways that these things can make us bitter and resentful. The ways that they can keep us from admitting our own responsibility and fault. The ways that they can keep us from experiencing grace and forgiveness. Grace and forgiveness that is poured out for us when we're willing to break open and let it flood in. The ways that God calls us not to live perfectly, but to live honestly. I was recently talking with a dear friend of mine who mentioned her struggle with recent self-help philosophies that tout this idea that only if you listen to yourself enough, if you hone and harness that inner wisdom, if you're present enough, if you pray enough, if you meditate enough, if you're open to God's spirit enough, then you will find peace amidst the chaos, if only you. It doesn't work, she lamented. She said, as I juggle kids and a job, it just ends up feeling like I'm being shamed for not being able to handle one more thing. That something's wrong with me because I'm so exhausted that at the end of the day I fall asleep whenever I try to be present or listen. She went on, sometimes my internal compass is bunk. I'm my own worst critic. I have unrealistic expectations. And honestly, I don't realize I'm headed down the wrong path until everything is a mess and I'm crying with the kids as we're trying to get everybody to bed. And all I could say was, amen, sister, amen. Jesus reminds us that the things within are sometimes the things that defile us. And not just in the way they play out in our actions, but the ways that they play and pray upon our own hearts. And this is where Jesus modeled for us that we are not supposed to figure it out all alone. 
We are meant and we are made for community. As Jesus gathered the 12 and continually called folks to be in a relationship, messy, complicated relationship with one another, we too do not have to figure it out alone. Professor, writer, speaker Brene Brown talks about how every person needs your short list of truly trusted people. And honestly, not even 12, maybe four or five. Names of people who are your people. The people who will pick up when you call, the people who will tell it to you straight and not sugarcoat the truth. The people who will call you out when you're being unreasonable or maybe a jerk, or maybe you have an inflated sense of self-importance in a given situation. And for the record, I'm not listing personal things that I have done and been called out on. I read that section and my husband's like, are you describing you there? <laughs> I want you to think about who those people are in your life. Maybe make your own list. Maybe there's a parent on that list. Maybe there's a sibling, a childhood friend, a longtime coworker, a partner. These are the folks who will not tolerate you charging in with your brokenness, leaving treasures shattered on the floor. They will hold you, and they will hold you accountable. Our task is to honor the truth-tellers in our lives, listen to them in all the uncomfortableness. When we notice our defensiveness rising, asking, what is that about? And maybe we go to them when we feel our hearts hardening and we allow Jesus to work. Because Jesus' work is not just a thing of the past, but it is a thing of our present, and it is a thing of our future. For God is still speaking, but sometimes what God has to say is a little hard to hear. Now, I want to own, <laughs> I want to own that there has been so much. There has been so much in this past week, month, year, that has been hard to hear. I found myself yesterday pulling over in the Jewel India Palace Plaza when I went to go pick up food, listening to This American Life, the story of a man trying to leave Kabul, and I just cried. And as I heard of mask mandates being placed again, I found myself just praying and not really knowing what I was praying for. And as stories of fires out west and floods across Europe tell of climate change, it feels too much and sometimes we feel exhausted. Heck, we are exhausted. We might not feel we have the emotional energy to have these holy and hard conversations. I get it. We can't do that work all the time. But maybe you find yourself, like me, hearing your own words at time echo the Pharisees. Or maybe you feel the pull of Jesus' words about the things that can truly cause harm within ourselves. And maybe here we have an invitation not to have to carry it all, or at least not to have to carry it alone. We don't have to just keep going because we know no other way. If something isn't right, God gives us permission to stop and to rest and to reset. Maybe we tend our broken hearts with gentleness and compassion. Maybe we invite a loved one in. 
Maybe we allow for our broken and beautiful hearts to open to the ways that God's radical, transformative love can heal us, sustain us, and empower us. Because it is only from this place that lasting transformation can happen for us and for the world. Amen.